This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Sierra Doctor and Randy Conan. We'll also have a report from Don Wick. To start things off, we have Harvest Hotline brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, the North Dakota Mill, and Amity Technology. Bayer Customer Business Advisor Adam Sipp says winter weather has caused delays for harvest in his area of East Central North Dakota and West Central Minnesota. We thought it was going to be a pretty quick harvest, and as most people know, it's, it's now been drug out very long. <laughs> I've had several plots that, you know, talking to the guys when they think they'll be to that particular field and, oh yeah, in a couple of days, maybe end of the week. And then you talk into the week and, uh, too wet, try another field. So let's try next week. And, uh, we've punted on a few, three or four times. So, um, a month has just kind of gone by with, with little progress and it's, it's irritating for everyone. Um, but I guess can't really curse the rain. We're going to need a crop next year. Sip says some are fortunate to be done with harvest and field work while other, others still have crops left in the field. There's a little bit of beans left in the area. I'm guessing just field conditions have kept them away from that. Uh, but overall, really quite happy with yield. I don't know how many times I've heard from guys that I don't know where it came from, but it's been pretty good, which is certainly a, a huge blessing but there's a few areas that I, I cover and that were not very fortunate and very drought stricken and those fields suffered pretty heavily about what we would expect with uh, maybe three inches of rain in the entire growing season. Val United Co-op COO Travis Haig says there are still a couple weeks left of corn harvest with soybeans still coming in as well. We've still got a lot of corn to go, um, and we got actually some beans coming in too. Um, everything's pretty wet, even the beans are in the 20 moisture. Um, I'm thinking we've probably got another good couple weeks yet of harvest. So, but yeah, it's it's taking more time to dry, um, but our dryer here in Reynolds is pretty good, and and Buxton also. Um, we're getting full. Uh, Buxton's full um, right now. We're kind of waiting, and Halstead too is kind of getting up there. We've hauled out some, but. All the other shuttle loaders are full, too, so we have nowhere to haul. So we're, we're getting to the end here. We might have to shut people off here in Reynolds also. Trains have started running behind, causing some locations to fill up. We're hoping that picks up a little bit. Uh, the shuttle loaders will be hauled to right now. Um, they're, I know they're waiting on trains right now, and they're getting pushed back. So right now we're kind of waiting on them. So it's, it's, uh, the rail's kind of slow right at this point. But it's been good up to now. And that's Harvest Hotline, brought to you by Egg Country Farm Credit Services, Amity Technology, and the North Dakota Mill. Grain markets were leaning lower going into today's USDA supply and demand report and were met with higher than expected corn and soybean yields. USDA pegged the 2023 corn production at 15.23 billion bushels. That's on a yield of 174.9 bushels per acre. Soybean production climbed to 4.13 billion bushels on a yield of 49.9 bushels per acre. Traders had been expecting soybean yields to be unchanged to slightly lower. Total Farm Marketing Market Advisor John Heinberg says he was watching the production numbers move on this morning's WASDE. 
then we did get yield increases for both corn and soybeans. Maybe the more significant one was that corn yield, moving that a bushel or 1.9 bushels per acre higher to 174.9, you know, significantly above what the market was anticipating. So that was pretty negative in that regard. The USDA did make some adjustments on the demand and added some demand, 125 million bushels into the balance sheet in order to keep that carryout number somewhat in line. And we added 50 million to exports, 25 million ethanol, 50 million to feed usage. So if they didn't put those demand numbers in, it could have been a pretty negative report, still not the most friendly overall. Heinberg says carryout was above market expectations, which caused a negative reaction to the market. The U.S. soybean outlook for the 2023-24 marketing year includes increased soybean production and ending stocks. Soybean production is forecast at 4.13 billion bushels, up 25 million on higher yields. USDA increased the soybean yield to 49.9 bushels per acre. USDA left soybean crush and exports unchanged and raised ending stocks to 245 million bushels. The season average soybean price was left unchanged at 12.90 per bushel. Increased corn production, domestic use, and ending stocks in the November supply-demand report. Corn production raised 170 million bushels to 15.2 billion on a nearly 2 billion bushel uh, per acre, or nearly a 2 bushel per acre increase uh, to 174.9 bushels per acre. The production increase more than offsets usage, with ending stocks climbing 45 million bushels to 2.2 billion. Season average corn price is lowered 10 cents, 4.85 per bushel. USDA bumped wheat ending stocks on lower domestic use, unchanged exports, and increased imports. USDA raised supplies by 10 million bushels to 145 million bushels. The 2023-2024 season average farm price was lowered 10 cents per bushel. The 23-24 season average farm price was uh, lowered 10 cents per bushel to $7.20 on lower prices the remainder of the marketing year. Minnesota farmer Lawrence Sakowski has been reappointed to the United Soybean Board by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Sakowski is a fifth-generation farmer in Martin County raising corn and soybeans. USB directors from 18 states will be sworn in during the USB December meeting in St. Charles, Missouri. Go to the Red River Farm Network's website, rrfn.com, to sign up for the weekly FarmNet News newsletter. You can also download this broadcast and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. It's all at rrfn.com. This is the Red River Farm Network. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The Minnesota Agri-Growth Council meeting is underway in Minneapolis. Don Wick is there and has this report. The Agriculture and Food Summit is a gathering place for Minnesota agriculture. The program is focused on everything from the geopolitical environment to sustainability and labor. Politics are also top of mind. This next year will be a short legislative session, but agri-growth lobbyist Corey Bennett says agriculture issues are already starting to get traction. 
Well, I think, you know, when you look at agriculture, you know, certainly I think the budget surplus they're talking about it right now is about $2.4 billion. Hopefully there'll be some investments in agriculture. I could see some of that uh, potentially being the case. Certainly I think the Department of Agriculture is going to come with a, a set of uh, recommendations as far as policy. I don't expect anything earth-shattering, uh, but certainly stuff that I think that it may affect our farmers out there. Um, bonding bill, it's a bonding year, so maybe some rural infrastructure could be um, on the table as well. Uh, this being a bonding year, I know we bonded last year, but... Uh, typically the second year the biennium is one of those years that we'll bond uh, for and so certainly looking at our rural communities rural infrastructure rural roads and bridges kind of getting food to market that sort of thing uh, with some of the bills it certainly i think will be carried over i think those will start to be some of the discussions whether we're talking about pesticides fertilizers um, seeds those things sorts of things uh, but also you know a part of the session is also playing defense making sure that things don't negatively affect our farmers as well is going to be part of our priorities it is an election year in 2024. How does that influence uh, what happens during session? Well, I, you know, anytime there's an election year coming up, election year politics reigns supreme uh, throughout the Capitol. People might not think about that, you know, kind of coming into the session. Uh, but when there's a, an election on the horizon uh, between the caucuses and trying to figure out, you know, how they're going to position themselves and take their message out to the out to their constituents and what's at stake with regards to the majorities in the House, um, you know, in particular, I think that those are those discussions and those those tensions and those those positioning the caucuses the way they want to be to take that message out will certainly have a significant factor this legislative session. Um, but, but election year politics, I think, is going to be one of the main driving forces of this legislative session, along with the budget surplus. Of of, you know, $2.4 billion and growing. Um, I think that we could actually see more um, as before we get to the legislative session. Those are just a few of the session factors, but I think, uh, to your point, um, election year politics, uh, whenever it happens uh, in, in St. Paul, uh, is certainly a significant factor. The Agriculture and Food Summit presented by Minnesota AgriGrowth. I'm Don Wick reporting from Minneapolis. Soybean demand is picking up with recent sales to China. Heartland Commodities and Securities Analyst Jason Winters thinks China is covering its bases as Brazil's crop remains a question mark. I think they're starting to get a little bit concerned about what's happening in South America, and uh, they always like to hedge their bet. So uh, they're uh, starting to put on some pretty good sales of soybeans and uh, from a de demand side of things, so uh, that will... Uh, that will probably continue to come into play as, uh, you know, even once we get by this report. Brazil's crop supply agency, CONAB's November report, says Brazil's farmers will produce a record 162.4 million metric tons of soybeans this growing season. That's up from the October estimate of 162 million tons and last year's record 154.6 million ton crop. CONAB says Brazil's farmers will increase planted area by 2.8% to 45.3 million hectares. Soybean and Corn Advisor President Michael Cordonier said Brazil's production increase is totally based on an increase in acreage. They increased the area 110,000 hectares from last month. Uh, the yield basically unchanged from last month, which uh, is a surprise and not a surprise. <clears throat> in a sense that it's not a surprise because it's very early. Uh, the crop is just like 50% planted, so they don't want to make a yield estimate too early. But on the other side, the weather has been very erratic in Brazil. It's been two extremes. A very heavy rainfall in southern Brazil, uh, Paraná, Santa Catarina, Rio Grande do Sul, uh, a lot of localized flooding. There's more rain in the forecast. So that's one extreme. And the other extreme is in central East Central and Northeastern Brazil, very hot, very dry. 
Argentina's weather is improving. Uh, their corn was 23% planted as of late last week compared to 32 average. So their first phase of corn planting is now done. And they planted maybe 10, 12% less than what we thought they would plant. So the question is, will they plant all that rest of that corn in the second phase, starting in December, or maybe switch some over to soybeans? You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture Deputy Secretary Social Torres Small announced this morning a new effort under the USDA to support specialty crop sector. Under the Biden-Harris administration, we've launched a number of initiatives and programs that increase competition for producers of all sizes so that they can get fairer prices for their products and also have more markets, both domestic and international, uh, in which to market their products. U.S. specialty crops and the U.S. specialty crop industry is no exception to that. It's a vital component of our nation's food system. And that's why USDA is working to ensure Americans have continued access to fresh, healthy, quality food so that we can support the industry's ability to remain competitive domestically and in markets across the world. Small says this new directive will maintain competitiveness in the specialty crop sector while enhancing sustainability. The Specialty Crops Competitiveness Initiative is being launched by USDA as a new initiative to support U.S. specialty crop businesses facing rising challenges in remaining competitive in domestic and international markets. When I talk with farmers, often they face a struggle figuring out what program is for them. Specifically, specialty crop farmers sometimes don't know if they qualify for these programs. And so the Specialty Crop Competitive Initiative, or SBCI, will raise awareness of which USDA services and resources are available to support the specialty crops industry. A look at markets before we leave you. Minneapolis, December wheat down two and three quarters at 732 and three quarters. Chicago wheat 12 lower at 580 and three quarters. Kansas City down seven at 648. December corn down eight at 468. Soybeans January futures down 21 and a quarter at 1344 and a half. March soybeans down 18 and three quarters at 1358 and a quarter. Live cattle December futures down four dollars 55 cents. Feeder cattle January futures down seven dollars 67 cents. This is the Red River Farm Network.